Bibles, we're going to turn to Luke 21 in just a moment. I have one more special thing I want to mention to you. I'm uh, going to preach here in just a moment uh, by the grace of God from Luke 21. But first, I'm, I'm calling on the church to hold us up in prayer this week. We are, we've been asked by the head of the largest oneness organization in the United States... And it's the fourth largest Pentecostal denomination in the world that we're a part of. And I'm licensed as a minister, Brother French, all the ministers here licensed with the United Pentecostal Church. We've been asked to come on Thursday and make a presentation on our new book, which is about our interracial history coming out of Azusa Street and so on. It's been selling well. It's it's in numerous countries. It's on Amazon all, all over the place. Now, but this presentation in St. Louis is a host, is hosting, or is to be hosted for, that's probably the correct way to say it, 10 or more Jesus name oneness organizations. That means that maybe as many as a dozen heads of other groups besides the United Pentecostal Church. I could start naming them because I know who they are, but there are several of them. Uh, Bishops and assistant bishops. It's only for their bishops. And I have been asked, now folks, this is a tremendous honor and it is a tremendous opportunity because these 10 groups alone just these 10 groups and there are hundreds of Jesus name organizations out there but these 10 groups themselves represent a little over 10 million Jesus name people worldwide and I believe that God has ordained this that somehow we would be a part we would be there they didn't have to call us our that this book didn't have to be presented there but God ordained it and now we're getting ready to meet 10 bishops of 10 or I've been praying for something like this for many, many years. And I believe that it's going to open doors. And that means that apostolic tabernacle is a part of all that is going on in this realm of the kingdom of God. So I need you to have special, urgent prayer support this Thursday afternoon as we're speaking. And uh, each bishop's being given a... Uh, the, uh, Brother Bernard is the one that arranged this. He's the one that got a hold of us. He's getting, get, gotten a copy, bought a copy from us for each of these folks. And, uh, and then I'm adding a gift of my own. I'm giving them my, my book from several years ago, which is entitled Our God is One. I also have purchased uh, a, a, enough copies of Sister Yancey's book, which is entitled Change. But they're not signed, so I'm hoping that they will be able to get those signed before we leave service here sometime this this Sunday. And that is on the the civil rights, her experience, her family's experience in Mississippi in the civil rights movement. It's an awesome story. It just makes you weep, but it also brings a lot of courage. And so I want to thank you. And uh, even though I may be unworthy... The Lord is worthy. How many knows that? The Lord is worthy of our very best. Now, if you'll stand with me, I know you have your Bibles. You've already turned with me. I'm reading today 
And the anointing of the Lord is here. Folks have been shouting. They've been dancing. We've, we've, I enjoyed I never heard that first song. Is that a... Where'd Brother French go? Is that... Sister French, is that a first time? I never heard that. I love that song. So uh, I'm bragging on it because I, I, really, I liked all the songs. Now we're looking here at uh, Luke 21, verse 5. Let me read uh, 5 and a couple of verses. Don't, don't limit me, but let me read a couple of verses. And this is my text. And as he spake of the temple, verse 5, how it was adorned. And with goodly stones and gifts, that is, they had placed in the temple like markers and so on. This, we'll leave it at that. And he said, as for these things which ye behold, that is the temple, the most important thing in all of Judaism, the days will come. So he's prophesying. The days will come. In which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So not a stone of everything they cherished. Jesus is prophesying. This temple is going to be gone. You need to. Re- I'm telling you about it. And this prophecy was fulfilled 70 years after Jesus spoke these words. And that temple is not yet been rebuilt although we know that it will be rebuilt because the bible says so so that's about to happen and 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 so he's prophesying now now my text here continues verse 7 and they ask him saying this is it master but when how i'm interjecting here how in the world Will we prepare for such a thing? You're going to tear down the very thing that's everything to us. You're getting ready. You're telling us not a single stone will be left here. When, tell us Lord, but we, we, we get it, but when shall these things be? Tell us Lord, when is this coming? Or when is this happening? And, everyone say and, what? Everyone say, what? What sign shall there be when these things shall come to pass? There is a holy anointing on each of us in this place today. Now, we're emotional people, not the least bit ashamed of it. But it is not about emotion. It is not about demonstration alone. It is about a sovereign God that is bigger than we are. And I'd like us to pray together right now. Could we put our Bibles down? Let's bow our heads. Could you pray with me? Lift a hand. Let's ask the Lord to touch us. Jesus, we thank you right now that you're in charge of the entire universe. That you're here in this this sanctuary. And yet the entire world is yours. And that you are good. And that you have given us a word, a warning. You have talked to us ahead of time. Because you care about us. So bless and anoint your messenger right now. Lord, this frail vessel, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I hope we're not wearing you out. My message today is entitled, The Warning Sign. The Warning Sign. Can you say that with me? The Warning Sign. Now, Jesus 
in these verses use the temple and I believe and of course I've been talking some of this in the last days I believe that the purpose of Jesus using the the, the temple of the Jewish people was to point out immediately that Israel is going to be the center of attention in the final days when all this comes about and all the end appears then the this the nation of Israel will be right in the middle of it now you may recall that uh, the USS California and I believe that's correct I, I'm saying this mostly just from from memory without uh, I, I, I'm kind of a titanic uh, bug and I, 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 I'm always reading stuff thinking oh my goodness and recently I read the most astonishing uh, report about the Titanic that I, I preached a sermon a few months ago and some of you are thinking oh no he's going to preach that no 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 I'm just I'm just reminding you that uh, that I'm a, a buff about it and it, it makes me uh, it's, it interests me but I believe this is true based on the report that I read which by the way is in the Smithsonian in other words it was a report of the Smithsonian the nation's museum of history and so on of events in, in this nation I, I recall from that that the USS Californian sent warning signals. Now, what had actually happened, they sent the warning signals to the Titanic. That is, they, they sent it through the, the air by, uh, via the light signal from the boat. And uh, they saw that the Titanic had entered dangerous waters that were filled with icebergs. Now, everybody knows this is nothing new here. But what is of interest here is that the Titanic, is, as we know, because, for example, you can look at, at uh, let's, let's say, for example, the, those that were, there was a man in the water. Only 13 men survived that ended up in the water. The others drowned. Most of them, they, scientists tell us, they died within uh, 15 minutes of heart attacks or, or, or they succumbed and, and drowned and so forth. But 13 of them were saved and one of those 13 was picked up, brought into a lifeboat, although there was room for 500 people to get in those lifeboats that had been on the boat, never got in them. And that's another story altogether. But 500 people, there was room for 500, but only 13 were pulled out of the water in those precious 15 minutes and dragged drug into the boat and one of those got immediately the a Carpathian picked him up the next day and, and the, the world was in shock they, in 1912 they got all the way back to port and uh, when they got to port and, uh, and the authorities came they, they kept everybody nobody got away it was like it was like the biggest investigation of the, of, the, uh, of the world practically and they got them in a room and they kept them there and they interviewed every one of them three times and one of them drew the picture I, for, I don't know his name it's, uh, whatever it was anyway this is true this is true I'm not making this up I'm not just uh, being uh, dramatic and so on I'm just I'm telling you it happened he drew a picture of the way as he was in the water he'd be, he was a bit of an artist I, I saw the actual picture and they of course it was a drawing not a, but I'll call it a picture he pulled it when he, they pulled him out of the water he, he looked up and, and the Titanic was sinking and he drew exactly. That's, and of course, every, everyone there, there were 700 and plus people uh, in the boats that were saved. And they, all of them gave the same story. And how the air was filled with like crystals. And you could barely see it. was a scent. They'd never seen anything like it. And that's what the Smithsonian report was all about. What were all those crystals in the air? How did that impact the Titanic? And so on. But the truth is, they had entered into dangerous waters filled with icebergs after... They had been thoroughly warned by 
a ship that was already there and had seen that they had pulled up. It actually, the icebergs were like this. I'm just going to, in other words, if you go north like that, then you would go into the iceberg area. If you had come down, they would have missed it. But, of course, no one was aware of it. And so they, they begin to send word, you're going too fast, you're going too fast. That's right. and, uh, and, they, and they had to decide what to do. So they kept going because they believed that the outlook professionals in the, what I will refer to as the crow's nest could spot an iceberg soon enough. Now, according to Titanic experts, soon enough was 30 minutes. That they could see 30 minutes ahead. That was plenty enough time for that gigantic ship to turn away from an iceberg. And they could divert disaster. But they were wrong. Because of the what now has been proven to be the final understanding of the events of that night because of what happened in the air and the way the cold and, 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 and there's a name for this it's actually called a winter mirage but as it began to cre- you say you're preaching that sermon it, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make a point that they were warned they entered they made a decision it was a wrong decision because they did not understand what was going on about them and of course the rest is history Jesus here is telling us Don't rely on human intellect. Don't you say, okay, that preacher up there, man, I'm putting my trust in that preacher. Don't you dare! You're to put your trust in a God that is bigger than any preacher. You're not going to stop the man of God and you will not stop God. Praise God. There are people that can't stand Pentecostals because we shout and scream and holler and pray and spit and talk in tongues. But I'm going to do it till Jesus comes. And we're going to worship and believe God. We are not basing our decisions on human intellect. We are trusting God. And I'm telling you today, it is time to trust God. He wants you to know the warning sign. He has given you a warning sign. The way, and in this way, you can be ready when the time comes you will have the information that you need to be ready everybody say ready Ready. praise God you can therefore and I'll change the word from ready to you can prepare yourself for the coming of Jesus praise God can we just lift our hands and thank the Lord for God's love that he would prepare us and help us see. Now I know you're still looking there. And I'm pulling my Oxford Bible right back up here. Verse 10 tells us that the warning. Centers around. That is the warning of the last days. Centers around Israel. And world chaos. So what I'm basically doing is I'm. I'm talking to you from my heart today that the Bible gives us the warning sign. Israel, world chaos. And so what is the the setting of this chaos? And when I say chaos, I mean fear and confusion. Now, when you you see it and, and and it begins to happen, and I believe with all my heart, and I'd like you to make a note of it in your Bible. I'd like you to write down, maybe even in, but like sometimes uh, 
like I'll do this. I, I, I write in my Bible all the time. But uh, I'd given, uh, I'm also a sticky note. For example, here. Here's a sticky note. When I told you about the parking lot, it's got a stick. If I give you something and it doesn't have a sticky note on it, then it's not spiritual. It's got to have a sticky note to be spiritual. So, you make a note that toward the end of October of 2014, Pastor French said that the warning sign, the important thing for you and for me to do is to recognize where we are and what's going on all about us. He, didn't, he did some screaming and he jumped around the choir saying, but he didn't just talk about something emotional. He was telling us that the warning sign that Jesus gave us is all about us. That the chaos of which Jesus referred may very well be at our doorstep. And when you see it, you will be able to sense that it is near. That Jesus coming is right there before you. And so you'll be able to say, oh my goodness, look at that. Praise God. Now, I've never owned a television, don't have one, and I preach against the evils of television, and I know folks have them, and I don't, uh, and so on and so forth. I'm just telling you right now that there are many, many people right now that are watching their televisions, and, and then, of course, there's people listening to radio. I guess radio listening is at an all-time high as well. And so uh, the world is uh, kind of... Uh, we used to say bated breath people are looking around they're wondering oh my goodness what's going on in fact it's exactly the atmosphere the apostles were in when they said Jesus tell us when 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 shall these things be my friend I believe that the Lord's coming is very close Israel surrounded by enemy jihadists determined to annihilate them. Nobody could have predicted it. We used to think, oh, it will be this. It'll be world war. There'll be uh, nations will get together and they'll start shooting and, uh, and uh, this group and this language group and just like the old world wars. But nobody ever saw, nobody ever predicted an enemy that was so unbelievable that you couldn't even name them. And they want to annihilate Israel. That's their number one goal. And they're not afraid or shy to use nuclear bombs. If they get a hold of them, and many that's part of the rumors, there are many folks that believe they've already done it. And of course, there are reasons that they're not using them and so on. That's another sermon. But they're, they're not shy at all. And it seems to me quite obvious that in the final days, after the church is gone, that this world's going to be dealing with a nuclear problem. And exactly the extent and so on. That just, that's another, it's going to happen, it appears to me. And the Bible said, there shall be wars. And rumors of wars, that's Matthew. Now we're looking at Luke. Luke actually says, you shall hear. It would say, hear. In other words, you're going to be thinking about it. You're going to be hearing. It's going to be, oh my goodness, are they in America? Are they in England? Are they here? Are they there? And uh, what is going on? And you're going, to, you're going to hear of wars. It's going to be a sense, a fear, a certain something going on. Now then Jesus adds four things. I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying to preach my heart today. When I leave this building, I'm going to have obeyed God. I'm going to have preached the word of God. 
and I will have told you, you don't have 30 minutes. You're not going to be. Now listen, if you think that men are going to get you from here to glory and they can set up on some pole and get you through the dangers of our day, you are fooled and you are wrong. You cannot get through these waters without the help of the Holy Ghost. I want you to put it in your Bible. So if in a year or two you're wondering and you see things happening, I want you to be able to say, you know, Brother French was preaching on that. And I've got that right here. Look right here. He was talking about, about them not being shy to use those nuclear weapons and he didn't mention which ones or what they were or how they would use them or how devastating it would be but he did mention that I've got it right here in my Bible so then Jesus adds four things that will add to world troubles in other words chaos hikatalobosheta <laughs> Now, I, I, I also teach Greek and Hebrew and Latin. I'm a, I'm a nerd kook like that. And I teach at university level. And, and I, I got to do, in fact, when I went to university, I had earned a scholarship. I, my basketball, I know you thought it was basketball. You know, he's so tall. And uh, he's, it's basketball. Brother French got a basketball scholarship. And I'm, I'm going to disappoint you. You're going to be shocked that that's not how I got a scholarship. I got a scholarship for Latin. I was the number one, and who cares? I'm, that's the end of that story. I got a scholarship for Latin to the university, all expenses paid, and it was because they said basketball or Latin. They had to make a decision. Should we give it to him for basketball or Latin? And they said Latin. We're giving it to him for Latin. And so, and of course, my, my favorite, what I'm really into is Greek studies, but I, I enjoy Hebrew. I love Hebrew, Old Testament. It's all exciting. I love all that. But Greek is like what I really, I mean, Greek is like, you, you want to you wanna really see me sit up, then man, you just start talking about the Greek Bible and the, what the word says in the Greek original language. And I was noticing now, there's a new translation out called the uh, 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 New Living, New Living, New Living Translation. So it's NLT. And uh, so I consider it the most uh, daring of all the translations. In other words, uh, a lot of them, I don't agree with everything. They all translate for various reasons, and that's another thing. But I, I always run to the NLT when I want to see, okay, what's the most daring way you could translate this word? by modern scholarship, what would they do with this? Although I've had eight years of Greek and I, I've translated the Bible over and over and over and I've worked on translation, this and that and the other thing and so on. I got a degree in it and, uh, and I enjoy that. But, so I ran, of course I also know the fellow that was the head of the translation committee. I worked there, I worked for them and, uh, and so I know him and I know the way he thinks and I know he's very daring and he's always going to come up with the most amazing uh, relevant, uh, modern, you might say. I won't say modern. Modern's the wrong word. But the most relevant uh, uh, societal way to look at a particular word. And this word that almost translations refer to as don't be frightened or don't be terrified. One translation says it will be a horror. 
that was interesting and accurate. Very, very accurate. It will be a horror. That's what the world will be thinking. This is horrible. But the NLT used the very word. I said, I wonder if Phil Comfort translates that. Don't panic. I just wonder. Because every time I mention Ebola, somebody says, oh, you're a public figure, Reverend. Don't you, want, you don't want people to panic. I said, you think that if I say something about Ebola, that's going to cause people to panic? What they really mean is they're nervous. So if the preacher says, I wonder if worldwide concern about pestilence is creating panic. I just wonder. And of course the answer is, and Phil Comfort in the New Living says that the word should be translated. I, I, that's what he said. There's no precedent for it in past lexicons, but the word panic fits very, very closely. It was in my mind. We're living in a world. They're looking at what's happening. You're listening to me today. If suddenly, Brother French preaching a long sermon isn't boring you as much as it usually would. Because you're thinking, oh my goodness, is it possible that what we are seeing all around us is a warning? Could we be looking about us at the very warning that Jesus is about to come? Israel is surrounded. Jesus said, there shall be wars. And he added then, troubles as the final judgment approaches. Great, everyone say great. Great earthquakes. I, I read the other day, I read it to you, that the earthquake that hit Japan, there were only three earthquakes in the history of the world that have been anything remotely like it. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. And I said, someone said, oh, oh, panic, panic. And I thought, hmm, every time I mention it, the Lord is coming. Did you hear about, someone asked me, now I'm, I'm smart enough to know that pestilence and famine are almost identical words in the Greek. That the word famine is, uh, <laughs> Is uh, oh my brain. Well, I'm not going to say because I'm, I'm I'm forgetting the the middle letter, so I'll let it go since I'm we put these all over the world. But the two words are so similar that there's only one letter difference between the word famine and the word pestilence. That is to say, they are both events that creates such global impact that when you speak of, for example, let's take the word famine. Do any of you know, and I know you think of Brother Fritz, oh my goodness, Brother Fritz going to preach all day. Did you know that the word famine in the Greek, which I have not spoken in the Greek because I'm being careful here, <clears throat> but the word famine is also the word, now listen to me, listen, listen to me, I'm preaching to you. It is also the word for Hunger. That's not the only word for hunger. 
And it's not the main word for hunger. But how many knows that you don't have a famine without hunger? I was reading a report just the other day from the United States government. It was from the Obama administration. And it was explaining why we had to do more for children. Because and it was, and I'm not giving you, I'm not quoting it. I'm just telling you I read it. The number was given, the number of children that it said. Now I looked at it and I got down and I said, God, if that is true, if there are that many millions of children going to bed at night and they are hungry, then God forgive us as a nation. It was in the tens of millions of children that according to American standards are actually hungry right now. I mentioned that somewhere and someone said, I challenge that. I said, well, you got it right in the world. Challenge anything you want to. It's a, it's a report that's been given and you don't think people, you don't see hungry people or whatever. So you, you don't think it's true. But I'm telling you that world hunger and famines will be talked about. You're going to hear of wars. You're going to hear of hunger. What are we going to do? How are we going to do They're going to cut them off. It's going to happen there. Israel is... It's going to be a time when you're going to ask yourself, what in the world is this? What am I looking at and what is going on? Great earthquakes, famines, pestilences, which of course is... Uh, the Greek word for diseases. It could be diseases. Now I checked every today. I thought I'm going to preach this one more time. And someone's going to say, well, Brother French, give us one translation that translates pestilence as disease. And I have gobs. And I kept going, looking, 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 looking. Not a single one wants to translate pestilence as a disease. Instead, if they don't use the word pestilence, which is the word for a disease, a particular way that a disease moves, then it used the word, anybody know? The word plague. I would say that's the second most common way that translators want to say it. They want to say that this is not just, in other words, it's not just a disease like, um, okay, um, like, for example, uh, I'm going to be careful about the name. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm trying to think of something. Okay, you could get, you could have a heart disease. How many knows what I'm talking about? But you can't give that to someone else. You can't spread it. And that's the difference between a disease that is a plague or a pestilence, something that impacts others that are around them. So, in spite of world health and its advances, which has been amazing, and I am not downing it, I am not suggesting that it isn't happening. In spite of all that men have done, doctors, health professionals in spite of all they've done hospitals disease in the form of what we would think of as a pestilence still baffles the entire planet let me mention for example the unbelievable rise of cancer globally now some of you will say, oh, Brother Fritz, come on. Haven't you read the latest on, on the different forms of cancer? Yes, in fact, I have. And uh, I have a son that had cancer. I have a wife that's had two cancers. And I can tell you right now that it is a dread thing and I'm not speaking of it lightly. I am trying to tell you that Jesus said, keep your eyes open. In the U.S., it is costing, now you listen to me, every year, every year, 
This is what cancer costs America. I, I went to the report. I stuck it. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. And then I had other things that I said, no, forget that. We're just going to mention the global rise of cancer in these last days. In the U.S., it is costing $1.2 trillion. Check it. Check it. You check it. You check it. $1.2 trillion a year in America. And listen to me. Worldwide. Worldwide. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. 15% of all deaths in the entire world, which is almost 9 million, 15% of all deaths worldwide are cancer. 15% of all deaths. That is what has happened. Now you say, well, aren't doctors doing the best they can? Aren't they fighting it? Haven't they done great things with leukemia? I have a son that had leukemia. Yes, they do great things. And thank God for that. Now, you know that I'm not denying the sincere noble advances of the experts. I'm not denying the progress. And I'm not denying the lies that are saved. I'm trying to tell you that cancer is a clear sign that 15% of the entire world, after centuries of medical advances, 15% are killed by one, one thing that they're still dead. They're not certain how in the world people are getting it. Now we know, oh, it's radiation. I'm not saying they don't know anything. What I'm telling you is that it is a perplexity that people say, oh my goodness, what about cancer? Oh my goodness, what about cancer? I'm telling you folks have had the word cancer on their minds for years and years and then there is the unprecedented outbreak of AIDS with 34 million people infected right now right now 34 million people perhaps we are best reminded of this warning of Jesus in the Ebola outbreak that we're seeing in spite of the best efforts it is shaking and impacting not only our nation in fact our nation is maybe the least impacted so far. But it is touching the entire nations of the world. So I'm talking today to your heart. I'm telling you that Jesus gave us the warning sign. A world facing the unprecedented war disaster disease like never before the signal is sent so that you can know that these things are ahead look here that the, you, you got to get ready what's coming so you can change your course don't wait until it is too late and you are left behind when Jesus comes would you stand with me all across the sanctuary today we're not gonna we're just not gonna do the same old same old we are we are talking about an emergency message today I know you're watching all these things about us you see Israel it's in trouble the world is on the brink the clamor for answers increasingly chaotic our government is trying and Who would have ever thought that two planes could fly into a building and kill 3,000 people and shake?
shake the entire world. That's, that's what happened. And here we are. And what is the Holy Ghost saying? The Spirit of God is saying, draw close to me. Respond to the warning that I'm showing you. I want to work in your life. So, today's the day to pray. I'd like us to do this. I'd like us to just all come and stand. I'm going to dismiss you from the front. And I've got, if you can stay for the baptisms, I'm going to be uh, baptizing a few folks. But I want us just to come and, and our musicians can play. That's all right. Uh, but I want us to just.